We keep a finger on the pulse of all things movies and TV. From Tinseltown to the local scene and everything in between. Welcome to Film Flicks Podcast. Here are your hosts now, Josh, Renzo, and Boaz. Hello, cinephiles. Welcome to Filmflix Podcast. You know what that means? Ready your popcorns and ready your pretentious director berets. Of course, I meant that in jest. In terms of personnel, you have me once more, Ricky Boaz of 99.5 Play FM, as always, joined by Josh and Renzo. Thank you guys so much for making the time. Now, in Filmflix Podcast, we've grown accustomed to having a lot of levity and frivolity throughout the show. I want to go ahead and take a take a turn, take a tangent away from that for a second, because I want to go ahead and commemorate late and great Chadwick Boseman. If it's all the same to you boys, this is the first time I believe that our show, our podcast, is being graced with death, something as pensive and as sullen as death. And what I want to do to commemorate his legacy and his body of work, of course, is to recount and to give the listeners uh, a lowdown of some of the some of the favorite motion pictures that we've seen him in and some of our personal memories of him through seeing those movies. So I want to go ahead and start with Renzo. If you're so inclined, please get the ball rolling. Well, hearing Chadwick Boseman's death was really shocking to me because um, he's such a talented actor and and hearing hearing that he fought cancer, Holland cancer to be specific, for four years is kind of surprising and just. So Chadwick Boseman knows that the film Black Panther is really special to me, really special. And I really think he really inspired a generation of not just uh, to be a hero, but the way how he acted. And I love, I love that Chadwick Boseman is such a down-to-earth guy and he's such a faithful man himself. And just to really see that news that he died just a few weeks ago was really shocking and until now it, it really is and when I scroll through my IG it's re- it really is shocking and you know I would like to send my condolence condolences to you know the family families of Chadwick Boseman. So this news was really very appalling for me it's, a, it's a really appalling news so <clears throat> uh, remembering uh, his films like um, MCU films, particularly like Black Panther and um, uh, his great uh, works like Get Get On Up, um, 42. He really embraced those um, uh, characters that he portrayed in those films. Uh, I know that Chadwick is actually a very uh, funny, uh, comedic, uh, very humble, down-to-earth person. And I I was just in shock that he just died uh, shocking. Uh, I I just knew it when I just woke up, actually. And um, I didn't get to eat because he's actually a, a very important actor in my life that really inspired me. But <clears throat> I also send my condolences to the family of Chadwick Boseman. May he rest in peace. May our king rest in peace. May um, Black Panther rest in peace. Wakanda forever. 
give her those very consoling words. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure the family will take kindly to that and uh, will be consoled by her words. Just like any king, just like any powerful man, they all have an origin story, how they came to power. He first cut his teeth as, a, as an extra. All of these proverbial well, TV shows that we've all come to love, like Third Watch and Law and Order, CSI, ER, he cut his teeth that way, just like all the young upstarts in Hollywood. He eventually uh, found his stride in the movies Draft Day, 42, aforementioned 42, and Get On Up. It really resonated with me. It struck a chord with me. It spoke to me very profoundly, that movie, as a musician myself. And as a person who's been riddled with a lot of filial problems as well, the movie, which is very pronounced, very much a pronounced and a very much a present force in the movie, a present thematic choice in the movie. As a person that's experienced that myself, I do resonate deeply with the movie. It's something that has hit home. I'd like to thank Chadwick for, for that and for his body of work and for being T'Challa. Rest in power, King. So I want to go ahead and uh, shift our gears into something more jovial, something something a little lighter. Like say, since we were recollecting some of our fondest cinema experiences uh, pertaining to Chadwick, I want to go ahead and broaden the floodgates, open it completely, and ask you guys, in a broader sense, what are some of your fondest and least fondest cinema experiences? Well. My favorite cinema experience is, is like watching Avengers Endgame where Chadwick, Chadwick is one of is one of the stars. Like watching it in IMAX, hearing a, cr a crowd cheer up every like mostly when the time when Chadwick entered, you know, uh, I was like, damn, everyone's shouting. I was like, ah, usually I don't shout in cinemas because I find it a bit disrespectful. But and I was I was like, I gave it a pass. I was like screaming myself and. And really, it's one of the best, you know. And maybe another one is when I was watching the film *Knives Out*, you know, a film by Ryan Johnson. That film was such a masterful whodunit, and I think it's a film that is really, you know, you have to be patient when you're watching it, and it really works. And I remember watching it when the audiences was so—it's the opposite of *Endgame* because there's barely anyone there. I was like. Oh, it's just me, my girlfriend, and a few others, really. And I was like, damn. <laughs> it's one of the, it's, but it's also one of the best because as a smaller film, it needs to sh get the respect that it needs. So I was like, I'm glad that no one is shouting, no one is talking while I'm watching, while I'm seeing such great perform performances from stellar actors. And it's really great. It's a great experience, really. And, and, I guess there's a lot more, but those are the th ones that I remember the most, really. Okay, so for me, I would uh, I would focus more on the MCU uh, as of now. So there are actually three main things that I would um, I would say my best experiences would be in the cinema. Uh, I would say the opening day of Iron Man One, the one that started it all. Um, I remember that it was actually the op the opposite of Avengers Endgame wherein people were not watching it that much I think there were a number only of uh, me and my uh, family watching it and uh, I just remember that seeing Iron Man in um, Golmir if I'm not mistaken where he's attacking 
those um, terrorists, I said this would start something. I definitely think that this would definitely start something. Okay, so <clears throat> uh, I would move on to Black Panther and Avengers Endgame. So for Black Panther, I just remembered that I actually watched it uh, in 4DX, so it's actually a good experience watching it. And I remember watching uh, when the scene, I'm sorry, the scene where in the where in they entered Wakanda, I was actually glued in my seats. Those were uh, that that was actually a very great experience. And then for Avengers Endgame. The portal scene. Uh, the f I actually watched it in the opening nights of the film, and I remember that I was in shock. I it was like a comic book, uh, um, comic book alive. I mean, I was I have no words with that experience. So I'm going to uh, move away with the MCU now, and I just would just want to uh, uh, speak about my best experience of. Uh, of one of my, well, actually my favorite director's film, which is which was Inception. I actually was very confused, and I actually really love how visually it is taken in this uh, in the screen, Inception. And um, I was actually the the type of I'm actually the type of person that after watching the movie, I, I tend to think. But this one really gave me uh, like. It was like throwing a puzzle and trying to solve it for hours. So, yeah, that's my take on my best experience. Okay, so I'm gonna go off the beaten track with mine. It's based on your answers. I kind of feel like we have enough love for the MCU to go around. I want to shed the limelight on some of these other movies beyond MCU, outside the bounds and the confines of the MCU. The Halloween movie, when we watched it at Greenbelt. In the moments leading up to that, we were eating confections galore. And then when we finally came in, it was such an experience for us. And we were we were thrilled. We were at the edge of our seats the whole time. It was so enthralling. And it made the movie all the more riveting, actually, being in the company of, of the three of you, uh, Renzo, Josh, and Daniel. And I want to do that want to do that again but not in the foreseeable future unfortunately due to the pandemic but hey it is what it is we have to make do my worst at least fondest cinema experience would have to be when i was watching green lantern which isn't the best movie to begin with and then compound that with the fact that there was this kid this super abrasive kid who was just kicking on my my seat this kid was behind me and he was kicking on my seat for for a good for a good five to ten minutes of the of the first half of the film so finally you know the mom stepped in and intervened thank the heavens i didn't know what i would have done otherwise i didn't want to speak out or anything or or scathe the kid verbally scathe him in any way so i'm glad i really practiced constraint in that one and i'm proud of that so yeah, that's, that's pretty much it for me though. You guys have any bad experiences? Well, for me, I just were uh, to rewind, rewind back since last year, which was the Joker film. I remember, it's, for me, it's a great film though. It's just that there are two foreign audience, audience members that were like really annoying. Like, I remember the time when Joker was like, Dancing and on the stair on the staircase, um, like that that iconic scene was well shot. But 
these two guys were thinking like it's a comedy bit. Like they were laughing. Ah, ha, ha, this Joker is dancing. What the hell? Like they're, they're like, I was really annoyed with that. And I was like, really? You guys are laughing. We're watching a film about a depressed guy, a loner guy, and you're laughing. Like it's obvious that it's because they don't relate to it. And I was like, well, for me, like I even said to my girlfriend, can I, can I get mad at them? And she was like, I was really like, I was really like, well. Fine, I'll not do anything. And another experience is when it's it's a random film. I I'm sure some of our audiences will not even recognize it. Is when I was watching a random Filipino film with my girlfriend. Well, just to just for starters, it's just a stranger. Just to tell you, I don't really like. But I still try to respect the film, you know, when I watch it. But then I see these two audience members just using their phones. I was like. It may be a bad film, but just at least learn to respect it because it's not really the worst, you know. At least learn to respect it and watch it, you know. Like I even, and I was, I was like really annoyed, like like you'd he, you'd see their phones glowing at the side of your face, you know. You, you can see it through your peripheral vision. I was like really annoyed when the audiences do that. Me, when I get to my phone in, in cinemas, I at least try to cover it. You'd obviously see theirs. I was like, oh come on. Like let me please let me get mad at them. I was like that, and I was really annoyed. And the other one is normal. Like it's Frozen, but it's normal because it's a kids movie. You hear kids, you know. But the annoying thing is, is that their their parents don't discipline them. They just let them talk. And I was like, really, really? And like, come on, dude. It's cinema. Le- learn to show some respect. Show, show some cinema etic- etiquette, man, and things like that. And despite it being some of my best experiences, it's also one of my worst, because it's Avengers Endgame. Because I was like, remember, I was in the part where, um, when Tony died, it's his funeral. I remember the time when everyone was so quiet, listening to the message of Tony through the hologram of his of his helmet, and I was like. I was like, man, it's, it's catching, it's catching up to me, man. It was like that. And then a baby started crying, a baby, in a Dolby Atmos Cinema IMAX. You know, you know how loud the speakers are. Of course, the baby will cry. And here's the thing: I don't blame the baby. I blame the parent, whoever was taking care of the parent, the baby. I mean, I don't know. I the baby shouldn't have been there in the first place. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's it's kind of gut wrenching scene, and then you just hear a baby cry. I don't blame the baby, but what, what the hell, man? Anyways, that's all. Look, man, no truer words have been said. And I, I wish, and I could only hope that a lot of people will share that sentiment. Full evidence to the contrary, right? To me, I, you raised a good point about cinema etiquette and using phones during uh, watching movies. Me part and parcel, part and parcel of viewing films is, is respect. I acknowledge and recognize that those people have worked on this motion picture and have worked on seeing the fruition, full fruition of this movie I'm viewing. And uh, I don't take that lightly, that doesn't wash over me. It doesn't happen to a lot of people, of course, this level of introspection. I guess it's just us, just us cinephiles. And uh, that's something that I just want to reiterate and something that I want to ingrain 
and inculcate to some of the people that may not share the sentiment. Maybe try that out. Actually, try thinking that uh, a lot of people have worked uh, tooth and nail for this motion picture to be brought out. So at least, at the very least, do everyone, even the people who've worked on the movie, the courtesy, maybe insulating, insulating the phone usage. I don't know. That's just me, though. Hey, let's go ahead and uh, ask Josh his least fondest cinema experience. Okay, before I um, proceed with my uh, least uh, fond experiences in the cinema, I would like to point out. And on the contrary to Renzo's frozen experience, there was a group of family with me watching Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, they were beside me and there were kids. And I was like, oh no, oh no, this is gonna be bad. The good thing is the family was like, Shh, quiet, there's somebody beside us. They're going to, they need to watch the movie. They need to feel the experience, so quiet. And I was like, yes, they're hope for humanity <laughs> for, for uh, cinema goers there there's hope for cinema goers and I was really happy I was really happy okay so now let's pr proceed to the worst to my worst experience so first I would say is amazing spider-man 2 uh, uh, I know the film is bad but I still of course want to experience the film as it's really given uh, the company uh, Sony is uh, had to in the production team, had a hard time uh, making the film. So, uh, anyways, uh, there was a kid beside me, and this kid did not stop talking. And the family family members didn't do anything. He they were just like, uh, eh, they did they didn't do anything. And then I was really mad. I can't. I was asking my mom and dad if I could really um, tell this kid to um, uh, be quiet, but. On the on the contrary, it's still kind of a uh, a, a good experience for me to watch a Spider-Man, I mean Spider-Man, even though it's a bad film. But anyways, uh, after the, okay, go ahead. And one thing I want to point out, and one imperative thing that I've learned about the both of you is that you're very deferential people. I don't know if it's just uh, during movie watching or outside of that too, but you're very deferential people in that you ask the person around you, or the person with you at the time, if I could put this kid or this person in their right place, right? Love that, that shows courtesy, shows courtesy. Uh, go on, sorry. Okay, so continuing my experiences, um, there's also, oh yeah, the Avengers Endgame. Avengers Endgame, it's a, it was actually my second screening, so I wanted to experience it again the 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 event of april so there was uh two girls non-stop talking in the i mean actually women non-stop talking in the back of me and there's one person in front of me um typing with his phone for the whole time so it's actually a double it's actually a combo move on my experience that i didn't get to experience it again in its gloriness of the film and um I just hope that they they might they might learn cinema etiquette in the future, but I think that's about it. There should be a PSA about that before watching the movie. There should be a PSA. Yeah, yeah. Going like a trailer. Actually, Anyways. there should be. There should be actually. They should, should be. actually come to think of it. They should, they should actually show that before the screen this before the screening of the film because 
because it will ruin audience member. Actually, not only me, but also other member, uh, audience members will be um, will get their experience ruined because uh, of their actions like that. So, yeah. Hey, Renzo, you were gonna say something. Well, um, what you're saying about a trailer about cinema etiquette, it's been done before, you know. There's actually been things that's been done like that before. It's just that, you know, people don't listen really, and it's just on them. Yes, it's not rigidly followed. Yeah, yeah it's uh, not rigidly followed. No, so I was like, I was like, that's already been done, guys. So I was like, it depends on them. So it depends on you if you're gonna do the justice, really. Uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, we're not actually ranting about this. We're just actually just um, pointing out that I hope. Uh, the listeners would also um, take what what our experiences is, and I hope they um, avoid it in their uh, cinema experience. I mean, like they, evo- they they avoid what the cinema distractors do. I hope they they avoid it. So that's it. Yeah, we're very didactic like that. So hey, shout out to all the listeners. Thank you for keeping it locked here with us on Filmflix Podcast. We are on the fourth installment, four of six installments. So having said that, yes, the season finale is nigh and we have something cooking up. We have something special for you guys for the sixth and final episode, season finale of Filmflix Podcast uh, to be announced, of course, the date, but it's coming. It's coming. We have two episodes left. So be sure to keep it locked here on Filmflix Podcast and follow our Facebook page that's at Filmflix Podcast. All right, so if it's all the same to you both, I'd like to pick your brains out about some of the productions that were halted completely for the uninitiated. A lot of productions during the COVID-19 pandemic were kept to a screeching halt. They were stunted, stultified completely. Some productions were even nipped at the butt may even have no shot at uh, at regaining their bearings and their footings because as you know budgets and funding can be fleeting so that is an eventuality that is a very harrowing eventuality for some of these productions with that said i want to go ahead and ask you boys some of the productions that were halted that are your favorites and that, that you're looking forward to the most okay so i would just make this three so my uh, my third um, can't wait or uh, cinema uh, cinema or movie or film sorry film would be the Northman by Robert Eggers and it's actually a star-studded cast and uh, it's actually set in the 10th century in Iceland and I can't wait with the craft that Robert Eggers does with his films. My second um, can't wait or uh, film would be. Killers of the Flower Moon. It's actually about the birth of F- of the FBI, and I just can't wait with the collab of of Scorsese, Martin Scorsese with his um, main two uh, collab members, which are Robert De Niro and uh, my favorite actor Leonardo DiCaprio. And uh, my number one favorite film that I would that I can't wait is actually in Hot Again because one of the actors had been um, diagnosed with COVID, which was the Batman film. Robert Pattinson had COVID. So I hope that he he gets well soon. Yeah. Well, I'll take the torch here. So 
I, I I agree with Josh on the North man. Like I, I there are shot pictures already that they already already have production design. They already they uh, dressed their location, and I was like really ashamed because there's so many produ- great productions out there that was halted, and this is, uh, you know Northman's one of them, and another is Smank. Like there's already a shot of. David Fincher already holding and you know shooting with his stars, but you know it happens. It really does happen, and you know. And I was really when I saw when I heard that and and saw that David Fincher is really making a another film after Gone Girl. I was like, damn, I'm excited. But COVID stroke, uh, you know, strike. So it's kind of kind of really sad. And you know, I would also add Killer. Uh, you know, of the flower moon because you know Scorsese is my favorite director. What can you say? And it, 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 it he's collabing with my two favorite actors, and I was like, damn, like it really sucks. And I was really upset that they didn't even start yet. So I mean, I don't know if they start yet yet, but I think they, you know, they're in the process of starting, but. That that the point is, it's halted for now, and I mean every production is right now. So yeah, and next is really is the Batman. Like as Josh said, Robert Pattinson has COVID. You know, I don't blame Robert Pattinson. You know, you know everything is going haywire right now with the COVID, and I hope everything goes well with him. And I hope he recovers really fast, and I hope he's. Condition condition is not severe, you know, so I can go back quickly after two weeks. So that's all. That's all the things I've been waiting for right now. So I'll make mine quick. One movie that I was looking forward to to be expedited, the assembly line of things, but couldn't because of the pandemic would be untitled Elvis biopic. Um, Tom Hanks was scheduled to be involved in that. Another production that has uh, indecorously and unceremoniously been a victim to these circumstances would be would be Last Night in Soho. I'm a big fan of Edgar Wright. Uh, he's part and parcel of uh, what it is that makes me love cinema to begin with. Edgar Wright's just that guy for me. And the fact that we're going to be seeing this a little later than we normally would just breaks my heart. Uh, yeah, I guess saying the Batman would be a cop out, so I'm not doing, not doing the Batman. But um, that pretty much does it for me. Those two, definitely. Those two were some of the ones that I've been eyeing on. Do keep your eyes peeled for those movies, and uh, let's pray for the speedy recovery of the nation of the the whole world. And I hope we get back on the men soon. And that does it for the fourth episode of Filmflix podcast. Be sure to check out our succeeding episodes leading up to the season finale. I'm Boaz, together with Renzo and Josh. On behalf of them, I'd like to say thank you so much for listening to Filmflix Podcast. Thank you for uh, taking the time to check us out on Podbean, on Spotify. We are on SoundCloud. We're also on Anchor as well. Thank you, thank you, thank you for keeping it locked here with us on Filmflix Podcast. It's been a pleasure, boys. Thank you. And we'll see you guys for the fifth episode. Take care, everybody. Thank you, guys. Take care, guys.
Patagay record pa rin, Pops. 